Unfettered Marxism was just up against Second Amendment patriotism, and it lost. And that has made everybody livid, and they have just lost their ever-loving poop. We're going to get into that coming up. The presidential motorcade has just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. So if you've listened to my podcast at any time, the point of the podcast is to bring to you something in the news, some, uh, something that I've found, something that I've tied up uh, with other news stories that's different than the big talkers. And that's different from your typical political podcast, because I don't want to touch on everything that they're touching on. Sometimes I like to find something that I feel like is not getting the attention, or I like to talk about some self-reflection and how we need to re-examine ourselves and our principles and how we apply constitutionality and uh, the, the founding of America and a Christian background all into one. But this time, I really need to touch on the news media and their attack on Kyle Rittenhouse. Now, if you've been living under a rock and you don't know who Kyle Rittenhouse is, he was a 17-year-old kid. Jacob Blake was shot and paralyzed. Uh, I think he was trying to grab a knife or something. He was going to attack. Cops shot him to disarm him, and he was paralyzed, and that gave Black Lives Matter and Antifa carte blanche uh, go-ahead to just riot and burn Kenosha, Wisconsin down. And the rioting was pretty violent, and uh, even though they like to say it's peaceful protest. And Kyle Rittenhouse went down to protect of business that was he was asked to go down there to help protect it it had already been you know hit earlier so they didn't want to let the rest of it just go to pot they wanted to make sure they could protect what they could um so he goes to kenosha and uh he ends up getting into a situation where there was uh three individuals two of them uh, uh went to attack him and he fought back he shot and killed two of them. The third was uh, uh, shot in the bicep. And the two that were killed, one was uh, a pedophile who had raped five to 11-year-olds over the course of five, six times or uh, so many years and had been in jail off and on because of it. The other one was a domestic abuser. <laughs> so he was a wife beater, basically. And the last one was an individual who... Uh, got shot in the arm because he was pointing his gun and wanting to kill him. So they took that guy. He had a black rifle coffee shirt on. And I guess he had a couple posts that were pro uh, police, you know, blue lives matter, what have you. And he might've said something about Trump. That's all they needed. You know, they needed to do what they did to, uh, to the January six protesters. You know, they had to destroy them and basically say, Oh, well, you know, even though, uh, the Capitol Police were waving people into the building. They're insurrectionists, and we can put them in jail for 16 months, throw them in solitary confinement, and then, you know, uh, hit them with a, a, a gas-like mace for 15 minutes straight. You know, it's the basically the new Gitmo with waterboarding and everything. You know, we don't we don't have the pyramids of terrorists being doused with you know Woodford Reserve bourbon or what have you, but um, we did get the outcry of of waterboarding and all this with with the islamic terrorists that we brought in but you know your own citizens we can drone strike them over there we can uh throw them in jail and so they did this to kyle rittenhouse they put him on trial they threw him in jail for a while 
put him on trial for murder. And then everything came out. <laughs> and the prosecution kept fumbling and tripping on its own schlong because they didn't didn't realize the facts were the facts, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it was they really bumbled the whole case. In fact, uh, Gage, Gro whatever his name is, the guy who got shot in the bicep, he actually got out there and said, when they asked him, they said, well, did you point your gun first, basically? And he said, yes, yes, he did. So that should have been an open and shut situation right there. But I mean, if you didn't see any of what was going on, <laughs> like a lot of people on social media, if you didn't watch at all, then you would have thought that this was a different case altogether. You would have thought um, that this was like Officer Sicknick being killed by Kyle Rittenhouse with a Russian fire extinguisher blow to the head and then pulled into the streets of Kenosha with a NASCAR garage pull noose and peed on by Russian prostitutes for an election. That's what you would think because that's what the media is feeding these idiots. And so we had all types of crazy takes um, because he was acquitted. He was, it was obvious it was self-defense and they didn't like the fact that he was taken on the black lives matter idiots and the Antifa uh, communist that were burning up the cities. Those people were allowed to go, uh, you know, be apprehended and let free. We had to make an example out of Kyle Rittenhouse because he's a MAGA guy. Apparently. I don't even know if that's true. Um, he's, he defended himself. He shouldn't have brought a gun you know, all that garbage. And you have people like Maria Shriver. <laughs> this is insane. She's like, I'm trying to take a beat to digest with Rittenhouse verdict. My son just asked me, how is it possible that he didn't get charged for anything? How is that possible? I don't have an answer for him. Um, how about tell your son that if he were a Democrat senator, he could have driven them off the bridge, wasted, let them drown to death in the water, and then walked away scot-free. Didn't even get in a trial. Remember, Maria Shriver is a Kennedy, right? Um, you had Colin Kaepernick, you know, that race-baiting idiot. We just witnessed the system built on white supremacy, validated by the terrorist acts of a white supremacist. The only, this only further validates the need to abolish our current system. White supremacy cannot be reformed. Um, yeah, GoFundMe got out ahead of their little end of it because GoFundMe pulled Kyle Rittenhouse's... Uh, uh, fund that was up before he was going to trial and an individual who donated to it was thrown off of the uh, paramedics. I think it was a paramedic or a police officer let go because he donated 10 bucks to this guy. Yeah. GoFundMe is out there talking about uh, terms of service, prohibiting raising money for the legal defense of an alleged violent criminal. Um, you know, they, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous what they did to this kid. And you've got all of these pearl-clutching black talk show hosts that are out there. They're giving these emotional uh, pauses, you know, whether they're the ones that are on TV like Peacock TV or they're on MSNBC or CNN and even ESPN. They have this emotional, I got to stop and get myself together moment in the middle of their monologues besmirching Kyle Rittenhouse's uh, verdict and acquittal. The first one of these is this idiot, Amber Ruffin. I think she says she's a comedian. I've never heard of her. And I follow comic, you know, stand-up comedy uh, really closely at times. She's got a show on Peacock TV. I guess the NBC streaming thing. Listen to this idiot. Because I have my own show, I have a responsibility to say things that people need to know that aren't being said. 
It's a cool opportunity that I don't take lightly. There are very big, obvious truths that no one wants to say on TV, but I will. Now, just a few minutes before we started taping the show, Kyle Rittenhouse, the man accused of shooting three people during a Black Lives Matter protest, was declared not guilty on all charges. So I can't believe I have to say this, but... It's not okay for a man to grab a rifle, travel across state lines, and shoot three people, and then walk free. It's not okay. I love the crossing state lines thing. <laughs> that's, that's probably the best part of this whole stupid story, because that right there is the equivalent of uh, showing the talking points, Russian collusion, or, you know... Uh, uh, whatever the case may be, the talking points that are designed that go out that they try to use to bolster their argument against the situation. They make it seem like this guy just, you know, grabbed a gun and he hopped on an airplane and flew across the country to go out there so he can just take out some protesters. That's how they view it, which is funny because um, Gage Grosskreutz, it took him, it would take him, um, how many miles does this say? It, it took Kyle Rittenhouse 21 miles to get from his house across state lines to the incident where it would have taken Gage Grosskreutz 51 miles. So it take, even though he's within state lines, it would take Gage, the guy who got shot in the bicep, longer to get to the incident than, than Kyle. But well, let's not talk about that. It's, it's about crossing state lines, right? We never talk about the Central American caravans crossing the state lines of Texas and, uh, you know, Arizona and what have you. Those those state lines, eh, we don't have to talk about crossing them. But we do have to talk about crossing the state lines of, uh, you know, uh, into Kenosha. Um, but it's just talking point garbage. And she goes on. It's not OK for the judicial system to be blatantly and obviously stacked against people of color. It's not okay for there to be an entirely different set of rules for white people. But uh, I don't care about Kyle Rittenhouse. I don't care about that racist judge. And I don't care about how up that jury must be. Uh, white people have been getting away with murder since time began. I don't care about that. I care about you. Yeah. So uh, they don't care about the kid. The judge is a racist. The jury's a racist. The defense is racist. And white people have been getting away with it for years, right? That's that's her thing. Um, only there's a couple of uh, incidents here that kind of eh, kind of take that apart. You know, let's go back to um, the Texas high school, uh, uh, the high schooler who was black, and he brought a gun, and uh, he shot somebody. And then one day after the teacher and students were shot, he goes free. Now imagine if your son even brought a shotgun shell. I know of somebody who's dealing with this now. Brought a shotgun shell on the bus. Brought a gun. Be, he would be expelled. He wouldn't just be released to a, a backyard barbecue where they all celebrate his release a day later. Yeah, the Texas student who allegedly opened fire at his high school, injuring four people and a, a teacher, was sprung from jail Thursday as an attorney who joined him insisted that he, the case wasn't a standard-issue school shooting. 
Timothy George Simpkins, 18, who attends Timberview High School in Arlington, will report to home confinement after he posted $75,000 bond at Tarrant County Jail. Yeah, so he goes free. Um, there's an incident right there. And then there's another one. <laughs> this one is uh, Andrew Coffey IV. He was found not guilty of murder in the attempted murder in Indian River County with a SWAT raid. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it, it doesn't always work that way, sweetie. You know, white people haven't been getting away with anything, you racist a-holes. Um, here's ESPN. Yeah, Sports Network. Listen to this garbage. We are all black people. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to make sure that we created some space for anything that we want to say here before we talk about basketball. Um, we don't need your space. We just want to hear about basketball. <laughs> Go on. Well, I just, I, I think that the, the scariest part about this, like, you know, so many people talk about not being surprised. And if you live in America, if you know the history of America, you're not surprised. I think the scariest part about this is that by saying that he is not guilty, they are saying that everything he did was lawful. Uh, everything he did was lawful. He has the right to defend himself. The guy, one guy was coming at him with a skateboard and people are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they thought a skateboard was a deadly object. Um, there's an incident where a guy was killed by somebody who beat him in the head with a skateboard. You get those trucks to the head. That'll take you out. You can do some deadly head injuries with those. And that's the thing. It, the, what Kyle would, has said in, in his uh, testimony uh, is that he was afraid when the guy came at him with the skateboard and he shot back, he was afraid that he would get hit in the head, knocked unconscious, and then they would have killed him. So what do you do? You fight back. You, you protect life. All right? And we're going to go through debunking 10 of the myths of what the left is saying about Kyle Rittenhouse here in a second. But let's go on. And that's the part that worries me. Like, you, they were trying to not paint him. He was a kid that took a, a, a gun across state lines and went and did what he did. And they are saying that that is lawful. There it is, across state lines. You know, I've gone across state lines to get fireworks. It only takes me about 10 minutes down the road, so I guess I need to apologize. Across state lines. Anyways, let's go back to the clip. So to me, that just makes it, you know, even that more concerning that these acts are being proven that like, hey, if this is what you want to do and you want to go into a crowd and you want to do this, then, you know, a judge can a judge and a jury can find you not guilty. And I think that just makes the tension in these situations even worse. Perk. I mean, I'm, I'm just with all the other players. I'm not, I'm not surprised. I mean, you know, what we have been going through, it's just, it's just mind-boggling to me, and it's very disturbing that, you know, it's not just a gun, right? We're talking about an AK, something that is very visible, mm -hmm. that, you know, you have intents or whatever the case may be. And I just, to be honest, I really don't want to say the wrong thing. You did say the wrong thing because it wasn't an AK. It was an AR, you moron. So, yeah, you did say the wrong thing. Let's go on. Because I don't want to lose my job, so I'm going to leave it at that. I just want to say one thing, um, and I'm going to borrow it from MacArthur fellow Jacqueline Woodson. And she said, I'm heartbroken, but I'm not stunned. I'm angry, not irrational. I'm done, but not stopping. And that, to me, encapsulates so very well what so many people are feeling today. So... Take care of those around you. Check in and ask how folks are doing. This is something that is 
a culmination of so many things, especially in black America. The most interesting part of this entire event is they keep talking about it like it's a black guy. Everyone involved was white. Every one of them. (laughs) I don't understand how the fact that he shot two people that were coming at him and killed him with deadly force. They were coming at him with deadly force and he killed him and injured another guy, all white, two of which one was a you know domestic abuser, the other was a friggin' pedophile. How does that support? Oh, that's right. It's Marxism because Marxism was on trial. It wasn't self-defense. It wasn't, uh, you know, black uh, violence. It wasn't, you know, black people being attacked by cops. It was Marxism that was on trial versus patriotism and Second Amendment patriotism won. That's what it is. Joy Reid actually gets into it as well, um, of course, because, you know, no one's going to talk about her homophobic, her homophobic blogs, but we're going to talk about uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse. Just listen to this babbling idiot. I was not at all surprised. Um, we've talked about this. I mean, this is what we expected to happen, because I think we have to keep in mind when we're watching the criminal justice system at work that it was designed to do exactly what it did today. Gun laws helped to enhance the design to allow this verdict to happen today. Oh, you see, gun laws allowed him to (laughs) self-defend. I mean, that's what the law is for. It's a natural right. Self-defense is a God-given natural right, and the Constitution protects it from litigating morons like this. I mean, if they have their way, oh my gosh, you mean somebody can show up and protect their property? Listen, she goes on because that's the point of her uh, rant. Listen to this. This country was built on the idea that white men had a, a, a particular kind of freedom and a particular kind of citizenship that only they have. That gives, you know, from the slave catchers on the right to inflict violence um, in the name of protecting property. That's like the foundational creation of the United States. So it would have been shocking. The real, as I'm glad you mentioned the Derek Chauvin verdict. That was the surprising verdict. Yeah, Derek Chauvin was surprising because usually <laughs> um, a cop who does something like that, they might be taken from the force, but they just went right after him. And, uh, you know, they, that was shocking. <laughs> you know what else is shocking? Yes, America was built on private property, life, liberty, and property, because that's how the Indians gave up land. They sold it to Americans. Some were taken by force, and others were taken because another country was in here, uh, France, uh, Spain. You know, they were in here getting land, too, and then they sold it to us. Um, So the idea of thinking that just because you're black, you don't have access to property. Listen to the ESPN people who are basically commenting on sports that pay millions to black people. Majority of, I mean, basketball is basically black. The majority of the NFL is black. I mean, it's amazing. And, and those commentators are paid large sums of money. You know, I know Joy, Joy Reid makes a pretty little penny, you know, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's property of white men, and they're mad that, you know, a kid can win 
a self-defense case because he supported Trump, I guess, or something like that. But she goes on. This should have been unsurprising. But what I do think we have to think about is not only the families of the two men who died and the family of Mr. Grosskreutz, they are, you know, they should be in our minds right now because they suffered. And there have been a lot of white people who have you know, defended black lives and paid for it with their lives. That goes all throughout our history, going back to John Brown and go through the civil rights movement. But what I am concerned about is the precedent this sets for what people will believe that they can do under law. And there it is right there. (laughs) What they can do with Second Amendments. What, we can't go burn your city down and and not have somebody protect property and they might kill us if we burn their house down? They burn down an auto zone? You might have the the owner of the auto zone come out and protect it, and he might be acquitted. That's what they're really concerned about. And yeah, they did turn those white kids into proxies. They were proxies for the black cause of Black Lives Matter. Actually, they were proxies for the Marxist movement because Black Lives Matter are trained Marxist. And Antifa is a Marxist organization, a communist organization. They fly communist flags. It's filled with uh, LGBTQ pedophiles and uh, other mentally unstable individuals who a lot of them were trained by the Syrian Kurds, believe it or not, because there's a Syrian Kurd wing over in Syria of Antifa, and the Syrian Kurds are basically communist as well. So um, we now have kind of laid the groundwork of what you're dealing with with the Kenosha situation. And I think there's an article that I was really surprised to see come out that we kind of need to uh, kind of need to read because it debunks a lot of the talking points that your friends are spewing right now on social media. <laughs> so I was amazed that this article was written. It's in the New York Post by Miranda Devine. Ten heinous lies about Kyle Rittenhouse debunked. So we're going to go down the list. Let's go to number one here. I'm not going to read through all this, all the uh, setup portions because we kind of covered a lot of that already just based on me talking about it. He killed two black BLM protesters. All three of the men he shot in self-defense during the violent riots in Kenosha on August 25th last year were white. Number two, cross state lines. That's the one we keep hearing about. Even ESPN said it. Um, He lived 20 miles from Kenosha in Antioch, Illinois, with his mother and sisters. But his father, grandmother, aunt, cousin, uncle, his best friend, they live in Kenosha. He had a job as a lifeguard in Kenosha and worked a shift on August 25th before helping clean graffiti left by rioters at a local school. There, he and his friends were invited to join other adults who had been asked by owners of a used car lot in Kenosha to guard the property after 100 cars had been torched the previous night when police abandoned the town to rioters. That was the defunding of the police in Wisconsin. And guess what happened? People came in and burned the place down. This guy lost a lot of cars. He didn't want to lose more. Kyle took his gun to protect himself since the rioters were violent and armed, including, for instance, Antifa medic Gage Grosskreutz. You know what's funny about that? AB, or no, is NBC ran a story where the headline said, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse on trial for shooting a paramedic. <laughs> this guy was a friggin'. Antifa medic. This guy's, uh, I, I, that's like me going, yeah, I'm a lawyer. <laughs> I'm going to go on Twitter and talk about it, even though I'd have no law degree and uh, have no kind of legal experience. But this guy's an Antifa medic. 
Uh, maybe he has experience in the past at some point, but from my understanding, uh, any sort of medical experience he has was years and years ago. Uh, but he was the Antifa medic who lunged at him with a loaded Glock pointed at his head before he was shot in the arm. Um, three, Rittenhouse took an AR-15 across state lines. Esquire accused him of terrorist tourism. False. His rifle was kept at his side, safe at his best friend's stepfather's house in Kenosha. Number four, the gun was illegal. Wrong. Under Wisconsin law, he was entitled to possess the AR-15 as a 17-year-old. The judge dismissed the gun charge, which the prosecution never should have brought. (laughs) Number five, Rittenhouse's mother drove him across state lines to the riot. Wendy Rittenhouse, 46, never went to Kenosha. She slept late the morning of August 25th after working a 16-hour shift at a nursing home near her home in Antioch. And she told this to the Chicago Tribune. Kyle had already gone to his job in Kenosha when she woke up. Number six, he was an active shooter who took his gun to riot looking for trouble. A 17-year-old kid just running around and shooting, killing protesters, said MSNBC's Joe Scarborough, who drove across state lines with an AR-15 and started shooting people up on Friday after the evidence in court already had debunked his talking point. Scarborough called Rittenhouse a self-appointed militia member, unloading 60 rounds when the defense called out the lie in closing arguments. Scarborough had the gall to tweet that he was embarrassed for the lawyer. (laughs) Number seven, Rittenhouse is a white supremacist as then-candidate Joe Biden labeled him in a tweet showing the teenager's photograph. When White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki asked to explain the recent uh, incident recently, she slyly slimed uh, Rittenhouse again without naming him as a vigilante. In one story, The Intercept used the term white supremacist 16 times. The accusation has become a holy writ, but there is zero evidence The FBI scoured Kyle's phone and found nothing about white supremacy or militias, the court heard. They were probably too busy throwing grandmas wearing Gadsden flag fanny packs and Yeti cups filled with Chardonnay who got waved into the Capitol. Uh, They were probably too busy investigating them to spend the time they need to fabricate something of minute offense in Kyle's phone, maybe they were too wrapped up with uh, going after and, and investigating those concerned parents about having pedophilia and uh, uh, racism being taught to their kids who are just mad about it enough to attend a school board meeting. You know, I don't know. That's the FBI of today. Back to the article. Um, all they saw were pro-police Blue Lives Matter posts from a kid who had been a police uh, who, who had wanted to become a police officer and a fire department cadet wanted to be a police officer or a paramedic and once sat near the front of a Trump rally. That was enough for the media to brand him a white supremacist. Number eight, he flashed white power signs with the Proud Boys. After spending three months in jail, Kyle was freed on two million bail. Uh, Days after his 18th birthday, he he went to a bar to get a beer. And his mother and adults took him along with them, which is legal in Wisconsin. He posed for selfies with strangers at the bar, who the media said were Proud Boys, and was pictured making the OK sign. And they said that this is a white supremacy sign, which is a false claim because it comes from a 2017 hoax on the website 4chan to punk liberals who keep falling for it. Biden uses the gesture frequently. It was unwise to pose for the photo, but that doesn't mean Kyle associated with white supremacist. 
Number nine, he wore surgical gloves to cover his fingerprints. Um, this pearl was spread by Matthew Modine, another celebrity big mouth. Kyle wore the gloves because he was giving first aid to protesters. His face was bare, so he was hardly hiding. And number 10, Judge Bruce Schroeder is a Trumpy racist biased towards the defense. This slur is based on the fact that he would not let the prosecution use the term victim common practice when the jury has not ruled on a case. He told a lame joke about Asian food being for lunch, being held up by the supply chain crisis, and his phone ringtone sounded like the 1980s ditty played at Trump rallies. Ridiculous. In fact, Schroeder is a Democrat, has run as a Democrat for the Wisconsin Senate, and was first appointed by a Democratic governor. Bias was also perceived in what Chicago Tribune's uh, report said that was highly unusual decision to allow Kyle to draw names randomly out of a container at the end of the trial to determine which 12 of the 18 jurors would decide his fate. That's something this judge does all the time he's in court. So um, obviously everything that you're seeing from your friends who have probably not watched anything on TV about it, but have maybe saw MSNBC, CNN, you know, uh, some second rate, news agency that likes to pretend that they're credible and likes to chastise you for the outlets you purvey because the outlets you go to for news are peddling fake news while they peddle fake news. Um, you need to know the facts and the truth on all this. And that's the point of this week's podcast. Next week, I'm working on one to show how everything that's going on in America right now that you're going, where did the racism come from? Where is the transphobia attacks coming from? Where is this division coming from? This is the Mao cultural revolution facilitated by Xi Jinping. And he grew up during the Mao cultural revolution. And it's now being thrusted upon us through proxies and conduits like school boards, like uh, politicians and entertainment industry moguls who are paid off by China to foment all of this and to put it into action. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. Check out the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, TuneIn, iHeart. Get the free Roku channel in your streaming store. Also, donate to the show, anchor.fm slash Adrian Slade slash support, anchor.fm slash Adrian Slade slash support. And you can call to be on the show, 1929 Go Go USA.